Okay, I'm going to mute everyone, if you don't mind. There we go. Okay, so, um, good morning. I'd, I'd like to dedicate this shear to, um, to all those people who are ill. Um, there's quite a, quite a few people who, uh, who have become positive over the last week. And uh, please God, they should all be well. And, uh, and not infect others, and others should all be well. And uh, just, just wanted to put that out there. Okay, so it says Kohelet. We're in Kohelet Vav, uh, chapter 6, verse 3. I'm going to race through a couple of these, a few of these psukim because um, I realize what I really like to do is complete Kohelet by, uh, by Sukkot. And in order to do that, we're going to have to move a little bit faster. Um, and uh, again, the, the, these Sukkim now are still repeating in many ways this whole idea of the um, uh, futility of chasing after wealth and things like that. So, so let's try to go through them and, and, uh, and pull out some basic ideas. So it says the, the, um, in Kohelet Vav, Apostle Gimel, says, Im yolid ish If a person will have a hundred children, hundred children just means a lot of children. Um, the, 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 the Torah uses superlatives many times. Um, and uh, so 100 is one superlative, 400 is another superlative. It uses these, these things to, um, to indicate an, a lot. So, so if a person will uh, have many children uh, and, uh, and live many years, um, and a person will have, will, although you'll have so much goodness, so many children, so much brochas, so much, so, so much to be grateful for, still will not feel satisfied, satiated from all the good. As Rashi says, um, It's an amazing concept. A person is not, um, not happy with that which he has. We know it says in Pirkei Avot, Asia who Hashira, Samech B'chalko. says that such a person is not Samech B'chalko, Lehit Karer Rucho. Lehit karer rucho means that he um, cools down his, his, uh, his spirit. In other words, if a person is unable to feel the gratitude for that which they have, I don't know if believe this, um, is, un- is unable to feel the gratitude for which they have, and it is, um, what it does is it cools down their, um, their ruach, it cools down their spirit. Sorry, guys. I know. Sorry, <laughs> it's driving me bonkers. Okay, let's try again. So, what I was saying is that if a person, it's, when a person's unable to feel the gratitude for that which they have, when you feel the gratitude, then there's a sense of great simcha, of great joy, of great connection, and and it and it warms you up. It makes you feel, you know, alive. But when you're unable to feel the gratitude for that which you have, and you're constantly striving for new stuff, and newness, and newness, and newness, then what happens is. Then it's it's mitkarer nafsho. It it makes you cold. It makes you into a cold person. A person who's unable to really enjoy which they have is a cold person. So Rashi says that, and he says that gam kvara lo atalo. Even a person they 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 don't they don't even get a proper burial. Um, and Rashi says that uh, we talk about Achav. Achav was one of the one of those wicked kings of Israel. That he um, he had many children from many different wives and many different women. And he had so much money, it was, uh, it was just unbelievable um, uh, monocle wealth at that point in time. Uh, but all he wanted was everybody else's things. And uh, in fact, 
just uh, it's quite good this because it's, it really links into Korach. Korach, um, Chazal tell us that Korach was um, was a number of things. Number one, he was a massive Talmud Chochem. Number two, he was an incredibly wealthy man. Number three, there's a midrash that says Rabbi Edelman brings us that there's a midrash that says that Korach had Ruach Hakodesh. He was such a big tzaddik. I mean, can you imagine that Ruach Hakodesh? And nonetheless. All he wanted was the covered. He wanted something that he didn't have. That was the covered of being the leader of the Levim. And that was Brad brought his downfall. And it's the same as this. That he could not find any satisfaction in all the incredible amount that he had. Um, and so says Shlomo HaMelech, a person who's like that, a person who, can't, who, who's, who even his burial is not good. Right? Then what? Amarti, I said, says Shlomo HaMelech, Tov mimenu anafel. That a, um, a, a, I mean, this is a hard one. A stillborn child is better than that person because a, um, the, a, the, at least, at least the, the, um, there's no, there's no feeling or sense in the, in the, the stillborn child that they never have an opportunity to maximize themselves. So this person with everything that they're given, every bocha that they could have had, they just, um, they're just unable to enjoy it. And so therefore carry on. The next pasuk then says, "Ki behevel ba v'choshech elech v'choshech shmo yichuse." Says that behevel ba that such a person um, um, comes in futility, will depart in darkness. His name is covered in darkness. There's absolutely nothing for um, for such a person who's unable to enjoy the goodness of this world. And uh, the 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 midrash brings an interesting marshal. The midrash says that you can p- compare this to two people who are traveling together on a ship. So they're, um, they're on this ship and uh, they arrive at this, at the, on the seashore and um, one of them gets off and he goes and he goes to see what's going on in the land. He sees beautiful foods and beautiful drinks and he sees a state of, of rest and everything's wonderful. When he comes back to the ship, so his mate says to him, what did you see there? Is there anything to talk about? He said to him, I saw all these wonderful things to eat and drink, and I saw rest, and I saw um, um, no stress. Kind of a good dream for all of us, I suppose. So, He said to him, so didn't you enjoy it? Didn't you like, drink? Didn't you eat? Didn't you something? Didn't you have any benefit from it? He said, no, I didn't. So he says, well, then, uh, why not? He says, I didn't. He says, well, it was better that you didn't, it was better that you didn't, you shouldn't have gone. I should have gone to have seen it. I should have gone to, to go there. So the guy says, you know, you're right. Because now I'm feeling this sense that I need to have what I, what I didn't have. And so the Torah to me explains that that just happens to us is that we, um, when we when we are unable when we unable to get satisfied by what we have, we always say, "Well, I could have done X, Y, and Z." And uh, it's so important for us to know that uh, the brochas that we have are the brochas that we we should be enjoying and the brochas that we should be benefiting from in our lives. Okay, so he says, carries on Kohelet, and he says, "Ve'ilu haya elef shanim pamayim," and if it says uh, even if he had. Um, uh, he had, if he had lived for two thousand years, for a thousand years twice, <laughs> all right. In other words, the person had such a long life, had so many opportunities to enjoy the world. and he never ever saw good. 
Um, he says, then, uh, then everyone's he's just going to the same place. He's just going to a place of nothingness. He's going to ultimately to to his grave, where he's not going to take anything with him. And uh, what does it mean, Laura, uh, that he didn't see the um, the good that he had? Right? Uh, the the Matsudas David says that it means lo hit aneg batova. The word hit aneg is like the same word that we use to describe the approach that we're supposed to have with Rabbonin to Shabbos. So Shabbos has got two has got two doraitas and two, well two kind of over over arching doraita from the Torah dinim and two midrabonin dinim. The doraita is zachor v'shamor, right? That we have to say kiddush and we've got to be careful not to break Shabbos. That's zachor v'shamor. But it also has two drabonins and the two drabonins. The one is kavod Shabbos that we have to honor Shabbos. How do we honor Shabbos? We show honor to Shabbos by. Um, um, setting our table nicely, lighting candles, having nice clothes, you know, having a shower before all these things that show that we that we're looking forward to this to the to that space of holiness of Shabbos. And then there's a concept of Onek Shabbos. Onek Shabbos is the enjoyment of Shabbos. How do we enjoy Shabbos? So the enjoyment of Shabbos is is halakhically prescribed in um, in terms of having the Shabbos meals that we have. But uh, so, but that's a physical enjoyment. But how do you enjoy Shabbos? Like, how do you actually have Onik Shabbos? So Onik Shabbos really is, a, it's, a, it's the space of Manucha. It's the space of rest. It's the space of, of my own ability to connect. There, if you look carefully, you'll see that in the, um, in the Musaf that we say on Shabbos, we speak about that. So every day, is, every, every Chag has got its own special Korban Musaf this, this, that we bring. Um, during the week, we bring what's called the Korban Tamid. Thank you. We bring what's called the Korban Tamid, which is the everyday Korban. And every day we bring a, um, a Keves Echad, one, um, uh, one sheep. On Shabbos, it says that you must bring a sh- one sheep al Olata Tamid, on top of the Olata Tamid, on top of the one that you bring during the week. So what does that mean, on top of the one that you bring during the week? So Rav Shimshon of Hirsch explains that what it means is that the one for the week is a communal korban. Everybody, everybody links into it by the virtue of the fact that we're part of Kal Israel. But the Shabbos one is on top of the communal korban. And very often we forget that on top of the, of the communal thing is our individual thing. And that's really what Shabbos is about, is the ability to connect on the tanuk, on the enjoyment of, um, of Shabbos. And that's what he's saying, is that we have to, make, we have to be able to see the enjoyment of Shabbos. We have to be able to see things. Um, you know, we, we, we live such such intense lives, especially now. There are no boundaries in this um, in this COVID time. You know, you, people are at home. You're working from home. Your children are at home. There's no boundaries. Everything just like keep going. So people send you know silly SMSs to people at like you know well WhatsApps at uh, whatever 11:30 at night because you know they're up. Everybody should be up. You know, it's just like this crazy thing that just keeps going um, but what we have to try and crea- create is a time and a space where we can actually we can see the goodness that is Shabbos and that gives us the Tanuk that gives us the enjoyment of um, of the uh, uh, of Shabbos in itself right so he carries on Kohelet Vav Zayin he says this is not where we're going to focus on that call that all the work the toil, the difficulty of a person is the few, is for his mouth. The gamma nefesh lotimale, and the soul is not filled. So, what does that mean? So, um, 
let's try and understand the word amal. The word amal means, um, means toil, hard work, like really applying oneself in a, in, a, in, a, in a very diligent way to do whatever needs to be done. So the, um, we, the, 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 sorry, <laughs> there is a tefillah that we say that um, when, we, when we finish from the Beit HaMedrash, we say um, that we speak about anu, anu amelim, that we are amelim, we do this toil, amelim, and, the, and the, the nations of the world also toil, anu amelim we toil and we get reward, amelim, and they toil and they don't get reward. What is it talking about? For us, the toil as a, as a, as a Jew, as a Jew, our toil has to be focused on our toil in Torah. What that means is not only in the learning of Torah. Obviously, in the learning of Torah, one has to toil. You have to really look hard. You've got to really dig deep. You've got to like hard as you can. But also, it means that in the things that we do, in the toil that we are involved in, in our everyday lives, has to be from a Torah approach. Um, and that's fundamental. That, and that's why, we can, how do you get schar? How do you get reward? Because you, you go to the shops, you know? It's all part of the toil of our day. But how do you get reward because you go to the shops? You get reward because the way in which you engage with people when you're at the shop, the way in which you engage with people in your workplace, whatever it is, all of that has got to be from a Torah perspective. It's from a Torah perspective, so then we get reward from it. But if all we're doing it is we're just doing it because that's how we're supposed to work, so then, then it no longer has the, has the schar. So that's part of what it means to be a, um, to be a Torah Jew is to is to work within the parameters of Torah in no matter what one is doing. That's what the concept of Amal says. So he says, but comes along Kohelet and he says that most people aren't like that. Call Amal Adam Lafiu. That most people work for their mouths. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Call Amal Adam Lafiu means, as a, uh, means in order to fill their mouths. We work from here to, to make sure that we fill our mouths. What are our mouths? Our mouths are the things that consume. And the more we work, the more we can consume because the more we are able to acquire with that. And so Shlomo um, Melech is very um, unimpressed with this toil and this labor and this hard work and this effort and the stress all just to fill our mouths. Why? Because if all you're doing is filling your mouth, then your soul doesn't get filled. If all we're doing is, is, doing, is just doing things to consume, then we, we don't fill ourselves. In order to fill ourselves, we, don't have to, we mustn't consume. We mustn't be net consumers. We need to be net producers. Um, so how do we become net producers? We ne- become net producers by doing things. What do we do? We do mitzvot and gemilut chasadim. That's what the Gemara says. The, uh, um, and the Midrash. The Midrash says that ideally, the amelut of a person should be in the learning of Torah, in the doing of the mitzvot, and fundamentally in the ma'asim tovim, in the doing good for one another. Because when we do good for one another, then that fills not only our souls, but it fills the people that we are, that we are doing things with. So therefore, that which we, which we produce, we don't consume for ourselves, but rather we're giving to others as well. Um, the... Um, The, 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 the Rashi says the following. Rashi says that, um, that, that, that all the work that we do is 
If a person is toiling just simply to be able to consume, you'll never get any, any and you'll never ever get any enjoyment from anything that you do because always the focus is on getting more and getting more. The um, there is a a beautiful idea that uh, that I saw, which I wanted to share with you now as well. There, the Gemara said, and it links into the the, the pew into the mouth. Um, if you remember in the parsha, so we have this, this parsha of Korach. So Korach is this uh, is this man. He comes against Moshe Rabbeinu, and the most fun, and the most incredible thing happens is that because he comes against Moshe Rabbeinu, you all know the story gets swallowed up by the earth, right? Great. Guess what? I mean, it's quite a crazy story. The Mishnah in Pirkei Avot tells us that the mouth of the earth was uh, created erev Shabbos, Hashmashot, which means in this like. Um, Nowhere time. Bein Hashmashot is the time between the day and between the night. It's, uh, um, it, it, it has no specific time. Uh, it has no specific uh, categorization. It's just called Bein Hashmashot. My son was born. Bein Hashmashot. Um, my eldest. And it just means that he's, he's got two birthdays. He's got a birthday L'Chumra and a birthday L'Kula. Because he's got, uh, got strict and not strict. It was his birthday. He was born on the 19th. On on, Bein Hashmashot on the 19th. Which means that he had to put on tefillin as a mitzvah on the 19th, but he couldn't lay in or get an aliyah until the 20th. Right? That's Bein Hashmashot. It's complete like no man's land. So that's, that's when the mouth of the earth is created. Why is the mouth of the earth created? Bein Hashmashot. So firstly, what on earth is the mouth of the earth? <laughs> that's not the thing. That's the same thing as this. That Kola Hamal, everything he does is the feel that the earth also consumes. And the Gomorrah tells us the most interesting thing. The, well, let's go back a little bit. So when Korach does what he does, Moshe Rabbeinu says the following. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem, If Hashem will create a new creation, and the, and the, and the Adama, the earth, will, will, will open its mouth, will split its mouth, and swallow you, and everything that belongs to you, then you'll go down into Shaul, you'll go down into this netherworld, and nothing, and uh, it'll be something. So says the Gomorrah. There's a Gomorrah in Sanhedrin. And the Gomorrah says the following. Amar of Yehuda Bered Rehuda, the son of Rabhia, said, From the day the earth opened its mouth, so in other words, which mouth is this mouth that was created, Erev Shabbos? So the Gemara says the first time the earth opened its mouth, it was, what, did it, what did it eat? What did it drink? What did it take in with it? I'm going to put that out. I'm going to ask you. What did the earth take in it the first time it opened up its mouth? Fascinating, right? Because at creation, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, he created a world, an Adama, that gives forth things, that brings things out, not that takes things in. The role of the earth is not to take things in. The role of the earth is to, is to, to produce for us, like we just said, that we're supposed to be producers. The role of the earth is to, is to be a producer. But um, Cain kills Hevel, right? Cain kills Abel. And what does he do? He kills Abel and the blood of, the blood of Abel, because it says that when he killed Hevel, that he stabbed him uh, the 27 times, multiple times. Not sure exactly. I mean, some say 27, some say 40. But he, stu- he, he, um, he stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and stabbed him all over. So his blood was pouring out of his body. I know it's a bit uh, grim image. But the earth sucked that blood in. 
the earth um, absorbed that blood. So says the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin that from the day the earth opened its mouth to consume rather than to give out, which was the day it receives the blood of Hevel, it didn't open its mouth again. And um, so what happened is, is that Moshe Rabbeinu knows, and Moshe Rabbeinu has a, a, an unbelievable concept, that Moshe Rabbeinu really knew that the earth had this mouth, that this earth had this ability to consume. And if the earth has this ability con- to consume, it, it was closed, it was shut off because of the Avera of swallowing the blood of Hevel. So comes Moshe Rabbeinu, says the Ben Yehoyada, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm going to give the earth an opportunity to do tshuva. So how do we do tshuva? Like an amazing concept. How do we do tshuva? Well, the way we do tshuva is by finding ourselves in the same situation that we were before and not engaging in that same behavior. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu says that's, that's, that can't happen for the earth here because what we need to do is that the earth needs to do something that is instead of being a chilul Hashem, which is taking in the blood of those because remember, Hevel was the person that Hashem liked. Is rather to take in the blood of those who is who are who are not on the side of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and says the Ben Yehoyada. That's exactly what happened. That um, that the earth was given a kapora of sort by opening its mouth up for um, for 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 Korach and all his followers. And the Orachim says the same. He says the following. Our sages explain that the earth's mouth remained closed ever since the day that the earth opened it to hide the blood of Hevel. Um, that me- this meant that whenever the earth wanted to open its mouth to sing Hashem's praises, it couldn't use its mouth anymore. Right? The purpose of our mouths is to, is to, is to give out praise, is to give out uh, to, to one another, to Hashem, etc. The earth also has a mouth, but the, the, the Pasuk says in Yeshayahu that the earth uses its wings. Uh, that the earth uses its wings in order to, to praise Hashem. So now Moshe Rabbeinu comes along and he wants to punish uh, uh, Korach and he says that um, there's a creation that exists at Erev Shabbos which is the mouth of the earth which had been sealed because of its deed that the earth had carried out for the practical purpose of this creative act of Hashem had been undone. Now Moshe opens the earth in order to swallow Korach in order that... Um, it can do tshuva, as the Ben Yehoyadah says. So we see that this concept of, um, of consuming um, is a very negative concept. If all we're using our mouths for, as the, as the Pasuk said, is that kol uh, amal lefiu, if all we're using our mouths for is to consume, then it's impossible for us to achieve the level of connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we need to because consumption is not the ideal. In the same way as the earth is, was not, is not supposed to be a consumer, so too we are supposed to be ones that give out to others. Okay. Um, there is a... Sorry, give me a second. Yeah. So the, the, the Gomorrah in Erchin has a um, has a discussion which is then linked into our into our pasuk by again by the Ben Yehoyada. So he says the following: The Gemara says, Rabbi Tarfon said, in his generation, he says, I would be surprised if there's anyone in this generation who can receive rebuke. The Gemara there is discussing this concept of tochacha, this concept of rebuke, which is a difficult thing, you know, where you tell people off um, and tell them how to behave. He says, uh, I don't think I can find anyone. Because 
if somebody says to a person, right, remove the splinter from between your teeth, then the response will be, remove the beam from between your eyes. Now, hear what's being said here. What he's saying is that and if one is not open to criticism, when someone says to you, and we all do it, you know, we all do it in some way or another, some space or another, somebody will, somebody will criticize us, then we'll say, well, yeah, yeah, I might do this, but you do X, you know, like, um, and that's, I mean, right now we've got to be very careful with that, you know, especially with this whole COVID and social distancing and everything, you know, you know, I, you know, I wear my mask, but you, you know, whatever the case is, what I don't wear my mask, but you're always doing this, or I give a visit. There's a lot of blaming happening around here. We have to be careful of that. But the point is that uh, here, what he's saying is that we, we, when it comes to, to the concept of tochacha, people always try like one up the tochacha. You'll, to, you'll, you'll say to me, I've got, a, I've got a splint in my teeth. And uh, the response will be, well, you've got a beam between your eyes. I.e., you've, like, you've done more things than I have done. Says the Ben Yohayada, why is it that um, there's this concept of the splinter between the teeth? So he says the following. says that um, it's based on, on this posit that we have. Why is the first thing? that a person will accuse somebody else of having is a splinter between their teeth. And the answer is because everything, every Avera that we do is for our mouths, is for our, our taiva, for our physical desire, which is expressed in that which we eat. And the response to that is, well, you've got a beam between your eyes. What does that mean? Is that, oh, I might be doing Averas, okay? But look how you look at things. Look at the Ayn Tov, the Ayn Ra that you perceive everything in. The fact that you can tell me that I've got a splinter in my teeth means that you don't look at things positively, means that you don't look at things in the correct way. And that really is, um, is, is, is something important, I think, for us to understand, especially at this time, and on this will finish, is that uh, you know, the, 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 the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot speaks about certain things that take a person out of this world. The one is Ayn Ra, the other one is Yetzer Hara, and the other one is, um, oh gosh, can't remember now. Um, Ainara, Vietara, and Sinatabriot, and uh, the hatred of others. So the Ainara explains the, the Kahati, that Ainara means it's the way in which we perceive things. Do we see things in a positive light or a negative light? The Yetzara, we understand what the Yetzara is. The Yetzara is this thing that drives us to do... You froze, we missed you. Where, where did I stop? Where did you freeze at? Lord, where did I freeze at? In this time, at this time, about, you were saying about okay. this time. Okay, so, oh, okay. Okay, so, so what, what, what I was... Okay, so at this time, we're, 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 so many people are now being infected with COVID. And... Um, we, 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 I think there's a lot people there. I don't know why. I don't understand. There's a stigma. Like if you get it, like, you know, like if you get a sore throat, there's nothing wrong. But if you get COVID, then it's like the worst thing in the world and you're in Russia, which is crazy. Right. So we need to be so careful because, um, there is, there's a mission in Pirkavot that says, Ein Hara, Yetzer Hara, um, and Sinat Abriot, these three things, which Ein Hara is the way we see things. The way we perceive things, whether we look at things in a positive or negative light, uh, the yetzara, the yetzara is the thing where which drives us to do things which make which are selfish, and sinatabriot is is the hatred of uh, of people around us. Moti the adam in olam take us out of this world. In this time, I think very strongly that what we need to be careful with 
is um, is how we see or how we allow ourselves to perceive people um, who have uh, who who are infected. There are there are so many infections, and it's just going to get more and more and more. And uh, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and um, what I realized is what is our gut reaction when we hear of somebody who has COVID? Oh, oh, was I involved? Or was I close to them? Now, firstly, it's not the beyond, and it's not the worst thing in the whole world. You know, it's not. Uh, you know, it's not like it's it's a disease. So you you get it. What's well, a virus? You get it. You hopefully you won't be too bad. And you'll get over. It. And the very few people really um, get as sick as uh, uh, you know to to be in some way terminal. But the point is that what we need to be careful is that our reaction shouldn't be you know oh well, well what what happens to me? That's a yet horror. Our reaction should be, what can I do for them? And if we can react in that way, then we can change the whole way in the, in way, in the way we deal with things. Ultimately, we do say, well, what can I do for them? But our first reaction needs to be not the iron right, it needs to be an iron top, right? Wow, that per person, let me see what I can do for them. Um, and then what that creates is um, instead of sinata briot, instead of the hatred of people to one another, rather it creates this incredible closeness of everybody looking to find what they can do for the other. And I think that that's part of what um, Mahalit is saying. He's saying when kola adam that all of our toil goes to our mouths. Part of that is what our mouths say, what our mouths do, and what we are, what, what are we, what are we consuming? We consume so much about others instead of giving out towards others. And I think that that might be, I'm not saying this crowd, other crowds as well, other crowds, but, uh, but I think that that I think is a big lesson for us in this, in this time is, uh, is not to, is to be not the work, not a space of, in a space of consumption, but rather in a place of production. And if we can do that, I believe that we can improve our situation, everybody around us. Everybody should have a beautiful Shabbos. Hello, my darling. Everybody should have a beautiful Shabbos. And I can say hello to the ladies. They all like to see you. Say hello. Okay. Have a beautiful Shabbos and a safe Shabbos. Please, uh, really, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send everybody this, uh, this quite a long essay. It's good Shabbos reading on, uh, on my thoughts around uh, like COVID and halachas and the things around it. But it's, it's not something to mess around with. What, what we found is that um, there are a number of kids in the school who have... Uh, um, who have, uh, who have the disease have tested positive and every one of them without fail, the reason has been either they had, haven't, they've, they've been, they've been um, connecting with people and haven't been wearing their masks or they've had like play dates or they've gone to visit the cousins or they've gone to the... Now's not the time for that. Push it. It's just not the time. Um, I don't mean to be too hard line, but it's just, it's just you know, you, you don't know who is the person that is going to be infected in a bad way, not be, not within your family, but because of your interactions, perhaps with other people. So let's just be careful, be safe, be well, be warm, and have a glorious Shabbos, everybody. God bless. Thank you. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Amen. Thank you, Rose. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos.